Hey everyone, it's Erin Rost. Uh, we are starting a new Torque Talk Endurance series. We are going to talk with different endurance athletes on the Obstacle Racing Collab and highlight different aspects of the endurance side of the sport. Uh, the reason why I wanted to do this series is because when I came into the sport in 2018 and was training for World's Toughest Mudder, I listened to a lot of podcasts uh, to kind of get me ready for that type of race. Um, and I want to talk about things that things that I wish I would have known um, and highlight different people and their stories and their journeys to maybe help someone else who's getting into this style of, of racing. Uh, so without further ado, uh, we're going to start the series. We're starting it off with Sean Stevens-Whale. Uh, Sean is a runner by trade and has been running since he was a kid. Um, he has taken on endurance style races in the past, and today we're going to talk and discuss uh, why we're both drawn to this style of racing, uh, common pitfalls, and what our goals are for this for this year. So here is Sean Stevens-Whale. Hey everyone, uh, we're starting the series, the new Torque Endurance series off with Sean Stevens-Whale. Uh, Sean is a runner by trade, and so he has a lot of experience in the running field, but he's transitioning over this year to the endurance side. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about why he decided to make this transition um, and just kind of like lessons learned and things like that so far. So without further ado, here's Sean Stevens-Whale. So it is nice to talk to you uh, in person. I've like talked to you online and I've like see, like watched you on Instagram, but I've never talked to you in person. So how are you doing? Hey, yeah, you too, Aaron. Uh, it's definitely been strange starting this group off with the whole COVID situation, but definitely excited to actually meet you guys in, in person, hopefully soon. Uh, yeah, it's been going well here uh, up in BC, Canada. And, uh, and that's so, the West Coast, right? I looked that up because I re-listened to your podcast with Rich. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's on the West Coast. I'm from California originally, so. Right on. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely on the West Coast. Uh, Squamish at sea level, um, which is good for some things, but not if you train for an altitude race. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, things are going pretty well up here. The restrictions are starting to lift. Um, okay. Hoping to head down to Utah next month for the U.S. National Series okay. race. Uh, but, uh, at the moment I'm just trying to figure out with the restrictions, what exactly quarantine is going to look like coming back. But, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Tough. I know Canada is a little more restricted than other places. I'm in South Carolina and pretty much everything opened up pretty fast here. So I'm really lucky. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so in researching you for this, I wanted to kind of get your background, um, I found an article that I have to ask you about. I'm sure you know what, I'm gonna, what it is, but were you attacked by a bear in 2017? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. It was, um, <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't my first bear encounter and I'm sure it's not going to be my last. Uh, okay. I'm not coming from California. Do you have any experience with bears? No. I mean, there are bears, but I've never. Like, You've never run across one? one? No. Okay. Yeah. So. I've been lucky, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, when people first encounter a bear and they've like never seen one before, a, a natural reaction is just to be like, oh shit, and run away. Um, and well, I heard uh, that's what you did. <laughs> yeah, well, it was kind of what I did exactly. So don't yeah. don't follow my logic here. Uh, but I actually did encounter another bear back in 2011. It was a grizzly okay. um, a bit further east, closer to the Alberta border and Banff area. Uh, but uh, I was just running and it like jumped out at me and uh freaked out ran away fortunately it wasn't interested in chasing me so okay all good um but yeah this other encounter in 2017 was one that uh, didn't unfortunately end that way uh having seen lots of bears i mean you you encountered bears honestly yesterday on my run i, I saw a bear 
and you see them you see them all the time but uh most of the time they aren't interested in you most of the time they've like literally seen a hundred other people on the trail and so when you see them and they see you you know it's you're just another person in them but uh for some reason this bear back in 2017 decided that uh I was a bit more than just another person. Maybe I was a playmate. I don't know. Maybe I was dinner. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, it ended up chasing me, and I and I made the mistake, as we mentioned before, of trying to run away from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it snuck up behind me with its paw, it, like grabbed my behind, ripped my shorts and my underwear, and uh, yeah, it was it was like a full blown like encounter. So pretty intense. Oh <laughs> yeah. Were you like? after like a little nervous to run on the trails again because the way like the way the article is written it sounded almost like a joke but then i was like oh no this like legit happened because you like made it funny i guess the way you got i don't know you're like i got a bit of a wedgie and yeah yeah yeah. but were you actually nervous after uh a bit i the reason i i feel like i wasn't more nervous is because the encounter actually wasn't just like a slash and he's gone it was literally like 10 or 15 minutes of like going back and forth with this bear. And so oh. I, I felt like almost having the experience that long allowed me to live through the trauma. And so okay. I didn't actually feel that much trauma afterwards because I was able to process it during, <laughs> if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, probably for the next few months, I was definitely like a bit weary, but like what, four, four years, after I'm like, yeah, like, like I saw a bear yesterday, it was totally fine. I just ran right by it. So yeah, <laughs> back yeah. to normal. I don't do well with those animals. I ran across a snake the other day and I freaked out and I sprinted for like five minutes after because I had this feeling the snake was like chasing me. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so I don't do well, which is funny because I've like done certain training where I feel like I wouldn't be afraid of that stuff, but I totally am. So um that's incredible. That's a super cool story. I had to ask so you about funny. it because I'm like, that is, I've never heard this story and I've listened to podcasts with you. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It happened. It's real. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'd re-listened to your podcast with Rich, so I won't dive deep into your background because I think people know you at this point, um, but you do have a, an extensive running background. Um, you've been running since you were 11. That's crazy. Um, and journaling it too, which is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever been, find those uh, it's been a long run. Uh Yeah, I actually do consult them once in a while. It's uh, okay. it's a very interesting trip in in nostalgia to go back and look at them, and just okay. see how uh, naive I guess I was back then. Um, I remember when I was like fourteen, uh, my you like write your goals for the year on the front of the journal, and my goal was like. I want to break 15 minutes in the 5k and it's like, I still haven't done that. (laughs) It was like 14. I was like, yeah, this is going to be the year. So like great big ambitions. And I I think, um, you know, when, when, when you see someone new to the sport, uh, you, I kind of get a sense, like I, I can empathize with that because I've been there and I I think everyone can, like, before you really understand the sport, like you just like, you're reaching everywhere, right? You you want to kind of grab everything, and uh, it's cool. But yeah, my early training days involved a lot of intensity and like zero easy running. So, <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, yeah, I'm not that young anymore. I can't do that. <laughs> oh no, I could never get away with that anymore. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting segue to like why I wanted to do this endurance uh, series was what you just said, where you get into the sport and you're like, I want to do everything. 
Um, and then you realize you're like, I kind of have to focus a little more, be a little more, if I want to hit certain goals, I have to be more dedicated to my training. I have to do certain things the right way so my body can get ready for it. Um, and I know for me, I came into the sport in 2018 and kind of jumped right into training for World's Toughest Mudder. And that's kind of the only type of races I've done is those long endurance races. Um, and so I didn't really come from a running background like you. So our backgrounds are a little different in that way. Um, sure. But still, when you get into the endurance side, um, I do want to talk to you about what your goals are for the endurance side. But when you do get into it, it's a different style of training. I feel like when I listen to runners talk about, you know, shorter distance running, it's just, it, it applies, but it's just, it's different. It's just a different type of mental training. It's a different type of physical training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't always think there's a lot of information out for those people. Uh, so that's why I wanted to do that. Um, so you are kind of getting into the endurance side, it looks like, but you're also still doing the shorter races. Um, so I did see like you did a race a couple weeks ago that you had made an FKT for and, yeah. um, and I liked what, I liked the um, Instagram post you did about it. So would you mind talking about that race and also why you decided to, to do this transition a little bit? Totally. Yeah. Um, so I think I've always known I was good at endurance. Uh, I could run a long way and usually I wouldn't like suffer as much as like my, my training partners or when I ran varsity, like long run was always my thing. Um, so like the endurance side was always, it always spoke to me. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think, uh, for me, I was always consumed with training and I, like, I, I looked back over your podcast with Rich as well. And I remember you mentioning something about, uh, like you seek failure in races almost like for you, you know, it's like the race is your chance to test your body where for me, I look at training like that opportunity where like training is really my opportunity to break down my body and build it up over like weeks and months to a point in a race where in the race, I'm not looking for failure. Really. I'm looking to like show off what the training has really done for me. Uh, so anyways, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting couple of years where I've sort of slowly transitioned to the longer stuff. Um, starting with the toughest mudder races back in 2018, I guess was the first one I did. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there was like, not even talking about 24 hour races. That's crazy. I don't know how you do that. And I'm definitely, definitely curious, but, uh, yeah, like those eight hour races, um, are really, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. The mental side of it where you, the first few hours, I always find I'm like super gun ho, uh, especially the first few longer races I did where I, I feel like I'm almost too competitive early on really focused, uh, like achievement focused rather than, uh, focused on just like maintaining a groove or whatever. And, uh, like every single time in those races, it's like falling apart at the end. And I think, uh, like for me, despite my mom being a nutritionist, I've really done a poor job of fueling, I feel like in races. Uh, and so that's probably an area where I would definitely like to improve on more. Uh, so I guess talking about the FKT I did, um, which was, I guess about a month ago now, it, uh, it wasn't an FKT necessarily that I'd been training for. I'd actually hoped to do the big bear race in California, but, uh, that was canceled. Um, and everything up here was canceled. It's pretty much nothing, nothing's happening here until September. So, uh, 
you know, you're kind of kind of out of luck if you're fit in like May. You know, you got to take a down period to build back up. So I saw this FKT as an opportunity to sort of test my fitness. I'd been doing some moderately long runs, and my mileage I think was a big thing. I I had really consistent high mileage weeks, which for me uh, doesn't happen often because I I usually get injured. But uh, for whatever reason, maybe I was doing a bit better at staying on top of nutrition. Like I was getting massages every couple of weeks, uh, you know, small stuff like that rolling. I was able to stave off injury and felt really fit going into May. And so I looked at this FKT as an opportunity to showcase my fitness, kind of like as, as I was saying before. Um, and uh, yeah, so ended up choosing a day for it and just went out and gave it, gave it a go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was, you got seven hours and 40 minutes or something. What was the record before? Uh, it was 923, oh, I so believe. You, you smashed it. <laughs> yeah, I took a, took a good little chunk off of it. Yeah, yeah a little chunk. <laughs> what was your goal? Uh, well, I, based on, like, I, I actually had the previous record holder. He was helping to pace me uh, for the run, and I'd, I'd, talk and, I'd talk to him about it. Uh, and he definitely thought it went under eight. And so for me, I was thinking that, anywhere between seven and eight would be a good goal. So uh, I probably, so I guess talking about my training and my nutrition, uh, yeah. talking about how poor I am on nutrition, I pretty much never eat. I don't know if it's because I'm just too oh. cheap to buy gels, but like even on like a three and a half hour run, I just won't take anything with me. I'll just like, I'll just run and I'll come back and eat something. Mm -hmm. uh, so for this FKT attempt, I... I felt like I was fueling pretty good. I had four or five aid stations planned. Um, so started the run, had a couple gels on me just for emergency, like I didn't intend on using them. I had aid station at about one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. Then there was supposed to be one at around five hours, which unfortunately I missed and ended up getting one about six and a half hours in and then the finish. And uh, I think what I took away from that is that in the first half of the FKT, I really like, obviously fueling was important, but I feel like my body didn't require it. Whereas in the back half, when I really actually only had one fueling station, that's when I should have had like four or five because my, <laughs> I was bonking that, yeah. Yeah. So- um, um, that, that fueling stuff, that is an endurance racing is the, one of the most important things and fueling often and early is what I find to be super important. Mm. And I always like gear how I'm doing based on how I'm, if I'm able to eat or not, like if I get to a point where I'm not eating, I realize I'm going too fast, but I also do like longer races. So right. um, pacing is the key. I'm not going out super fast. Um, right. But yeah, fueling is, I, I have messed up in races from bad fueling. <laughs> and so I don't if, think yeah. you and I are alone in that. <laughs> yeah. So if you like, yeah, you've. Have you done any hundred mile races outside of World's Toughest? Or I did, and I the reason why I didn't finish it is because of bad fueling. Oh wow! Yeah, okay, I got to like sixty miles, and I I hadn't eaten uh, for the last like eight hours or six hours, and Whoa. I just fell apart. And um, it just was like a really good reminder uh, of how important fueling is. There was other elements of the race that caused problems, but that was yeah. the fueling was the thing that got me for sure. So for fueling for you in like a longer race, um, 
you said fuel early and fuel often. Do you like is early on? Is it mainly gels and then more solid foods as you go on, or like how do you how do you sort of taper that? I actually do the opposite. Um, hmm. I do whole foods as long as I can, then I switch to gels because. Um, Sometimes my body just can't take in whole foods anymore. And then I, gels are pretty easy to take in. So when my body can still eat, I try to eat. Um, and I usually know if I'm doing well, if I'm still able to eat whole foods. And gotcha. That's how I gauge how I'm doing. But I didn't mean to cut you off from your story, but you said that. And I was like, that just like triggered something in me when I was, yeah. No, totally. People going into the sport. Yeah. yeah. Like, is it is it solid foods? Are we talking like bananas? Are we talking like pizza? Or like, what's sort of like fat or... Uh, I do like waffles and Nutella and then oh, yeah, nice. pop tarts and peanut butter. And those are like the things I can eat over and over and over again. I don't eat any Nutella at all, except for what I'm racing. I love Nutella, but I do not eat it unless I'm racing because <laughs> it's like my race food. So I look forward yeah, to it. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that I have. Um, I can't eat like meats or cheeses. I don't know. Some people can, I can't. Mm. <laughs> I eat something that's like kind of bland, but still okay. has like some nutritional content. But yeah, yeah. that's what I do. And do you occasional yeah. banana? Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you like in training runs, will you practice fueling with solid fuel or is it just like gels? Um, I do practice trade like with whole, like uh whole foods. I'll okay. do like a once a month when I'm starting to build and I'm starting to build this month. Um, I'll do like a race that, or some kind of run that I'm not ready for. And then I'll, practice everything I'm going to do for uh, World's Toughest Mudder. Um, like, it'll be like a four, six hour run at okay. night or something that's just kind of like, kind of like throws me off. Um, and then I have, and then I'll do like a normal training, a normal uh, eating plan. Um, so it kind of gets me practicing that because you do have to practice eating, <laughs> especially if your body's not used to it. But yeah, that's what I do totally. get yeah. up, leading up to it. Right. Yeah. But not everyone can do whole foods. Some people can do gel the whole time. I cannot. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's something yeah. you got to find out on your own. Yeah. yeah. But yes. yeah, so you felt like you did your nutrition right then for this race, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I guess going back to it. Um, so it, w it was very interesting because uh, the first, yeah, 50, 60K even, I felt really good. Like I, I dropped my pacer at 40K. Um, at 50k, I took a caffeine pill, and that like, yeah, that put like the turbos Big on. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. For the next 10k, pills. <laughs> they are awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't drink coffee purposely for that reason, and okay. so I get a bit more of a, a boost from those. But yeah, from like 50 to 62k, I was like sprinting up the hills. I was like, oh my god, this is so great. I'm gonna do so good. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up missing my aid station. Uh, I guess my dad was helping, and uh, I guess uh, maybe I was going too fast. Missed whatever. Because the caffeine pill. Because the caffeine pill. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, ended up totally bonking, and uh, yeah, from like that, you know, ecstasy at 60k, I went to like literally walking with my head like hanging down, being like, <laughs> "Am I gonna march. finish this?" <laughs> Oh man, it was yeah. rough. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm so happy that my dad was able to intersect me again because I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna finish that. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, uh, and then I got a pacer for the last 10k, and I was able to get rolling again, kind of like only like five minute k is like pretty, pretty slow, but at least I'm moving again. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's sort of interesting trying to come back from a bonk like that because 
I do feel like it's obviously largely physical, but there's also a very high mental component where it's like, you're so used to feeling bad and like walking, like just switching yourself back to like running mode and like com competition mode is yeah, you know, tough. So the bonk, um, yes, I, I think I have been there several times in a race and it is so hard to then start running again. Um, or just knowing that you still have a long time left. I think that is just so mentally difficult and it's hard to explain that to people who haven't felt that before. Right. Um, but I, I have been there and I understand that. Um, it's like mental and it's physical. And, but I think having a strong mental game is what helps you get over that. Yeah. Just never giving up, I guess. <laughs> Always been yeah. like, well, you know, almost like making like short term checkpoints. Like, okay, I'm just going to make it to this lake. And then I'm going to reevaluate things. <laughs> I was always, what's good about World Toughest Mudder is it's every five miles you have, like you get to see your people and your pit crew and your right. food. And that's what it's just, if I can just make it to that checkpoint, if I can just make it there, I'll be fine. And that'll kind of reinvigorate me. And it usually does for me. And do you have any like sayings that you said to yourself, like any quotes that you had in your mind? Uh, I'm not a big quote guy. I okay. typically just try and like get into like a real Zen mode. And just, okay. you know, be like, yeah, I, I guess mentally talking to myself that I can, I can do this. Um, but uh, I think just an, an internal belief in myself that, you know, yeah. it, it could always be worse than where you are now. So just keep going. But uh, yeah, 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 nothing, nothing too specific on this end. Okay. I'm like a big quote person. Um, I always have like a couple quotes I memorize before a race. Um, oh, cool. Kind of depending on what my goal is for the race, I'll kind of, I also, I was in the Air Force. I went through basic training. We had to learn a lot of, you know, the general's quotes and stuff. And some of them have like came back to me, come back to me when I'm racing. And huh. I don't like, I'll never think of them before. And then when I'm racing, that quote will come in. I'll just say it over and over again. So that's what helps me sometimes get through those bonks. But I wish I could get into like some Zen mode, some, you know, do you practice like yoga or anything or is that? No, really. I, I feel it's just my general disposition is like that. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say the, the worst thing that happens to me is, well, not worse, but uh, sometimes like a song, you know, just a sound bite gets stuck in my head and I'm like, sometimes it can be a good thing, but other times like it literally feels like someone really annoying is singing in your ear for like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, get out but and it's always uh, like the worst song too you're like why is it that song Could it be like another song literally no meaning but you know it's there <laughs> yeah. so it's like well i'm not getting like, anything from this and sometimes like i've had that and it's not even a song i've listened to in a long time it's just it just comes to my head and yeah. i don't know if that has happened to you totally yeah i'm there, I'm uh, there. but you got through your bonk which is awesome yeah um what would like if you because you want to continue doing longer races like this do you want to continue doing longer races like this? I mean, yeah, I think um, I'm sort of at a point right now where I, I am kind of jumping into a bunch of different things. And I think it's partly just because of the pandemic and the fact that, yeah. you know, the, the rigidity of like a race structure hasn't really been there. And so for me, I've, I feel like I've always been someone who's excelled under high mileage, assuming I don't get injured. I, yeah, I think if you can, if I can run consistently with high mileage, like I'm going to be where I want to be. So What's your high mileage, what would you consider your high mileage? Like right now I'm right around 14 to 15 hours a week. Um, okay. so okay. yeah, it's a bit over a hundred, like around a hundred miles with a lot of vert um, on the trails. Wow. So, 
and yeah, it's sometimes it can be tough. That's to, your name, vertical running, eh? Right? <laughs> yeah, that is my name. Yeah, all about the bird for sure. Yeah, when you're living, have you ever been to BC before? Mm -mm, no. Okay. I want to though, because I want to. I want to see Allison tie up there at some point in my life. Totally. Yeah, Allison's awesome. Yeah, Allison yeah. and Michelle uh, were my training partners a while back okay. uh, when they were still doing their thing in World's Toughest yeah. and stuff. And they told me stories, and I was like, oh, I, I don't know how I feel about World's Toughest. I'm kind of like, some things sound awesome, but other things sound terrible. So yeah, Allison is like my favorite person in the sport. So oh, that's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I really like yeah. Allison. Uh, yeah, but I've not been there. But are there a lot of mountains? I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, especially like Squamish, I moved here in particular. It's, it's really a mountain town. Um, okay. And every, like, there's so many mountain athletes here. It's it's really incredible. I think, uh, like, just the training environment. I, I can, I literally have, like, 10, 10 guys on my phone who I can, like, text any day and be like, hey, you want to go for, like, a three-hour mountain run? And, like, you know, not easy, but, like, hardcore and, and they're in. So, you know, having people, awesome. like, at that level who are mm -hmm. also taking the sport as seriously as you really, really helps as well. Oh, I bet. So, but uh, yeah, you should come up for like Wham or Squamish 50. Like there's so many good ones up here. Yeah, I want to at some point. Um, I live in South Carolina. I don't know if you, you know in the United States, but I live out in the middle of nowhere. There is nothing, not a fitness community, not a lot of gyms. It is different than what I've, I used to live up in Boston and that had a lot more stuff. So right. I think have, being around people, like-minded people um, is just really helpful. I feel like when it comes to training. Right. It helps you stay focused, especially it's probably been helpful for you with the pandemic. Totally. Because even though you don't have the races, you still have people that will kind of keep you motivated. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So in, in South Carolina, do you have anyone to train with? No, no. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's okay. okay. <laughs> we might move here soon. So yeah, okay. there's just no one. Everyone thinks I'm crazy for. I, I would imagine. Yeah. 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 So that's mindset. awesome. Uh, yeah. So I think we're, I said, so do you, are you, you said you with COVID and you were just looking at finding different goals basically and different, so you don't exactly, know yeah. down the line you want to stay in this. It's just like a good goal to do and stay focused, to help you stay focused with training. Yeah, I think, okay. um, I definitely want to try world's toughest at some point. Um, I, I think for me, every time I do one of those really long races, I'm sure everyone's this way, but I, I push myself really far. And I think every, pretty much after every toughest mudder or every like longer race I've done, my nervous system has been like fried for like weeks or even months, mm -hmm. literally where I can't train. So that's what I'm most worried about, honestly, is the recovery for like something as big as a 24 hour race of whether my body is literally going to be like, no, Sean, you can't run for like six months. And like, for me, that's, that's what I'm a bit concerned about because obviously, uh, you know, running is a large part of my life. And if that happened, that would be pretty devastating. Like as, as bad as like a really bad injury. So um, whether like, you know, it might not be that bad. And I feel like I do have to try it at some point, but uh, I might keep trying these shorter Spartan races and see, see how they go for, for a bit longer first. Yeah. Uh, definitely with the, those longer races, it, it does take a long time to recover. And that's something I wish someone would have told me, to be honest. Um, not that I would have, it would change me from doing it. I think I would have been less hard on myself like two months after when I was still struggling to 
function. <laughs> that was, no, that's fine. But too um, much, it, yeah. to, it, it does. I mean, I would say before I was even back to like training and it takes a month. And then before I ever, before I feel like I'm training, like even close to where I was, it took like two or three months. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it does. And that is something to consider. Um, and a good thing about world stuff as mutter is I think you can do it. You could be successful at it for a long time. I don't think it's like a young person. I think right. I don't. Even, I really don't think it's a young person sport or like type of race. I think you're better as you get older with it, in my opinion. Right. Um, so it is something like yeah, if you want to focus on doing the short stuff now and then down the line doing it, it'll it'll be there, and you'll probably be really good at it. <laughs> like I mean, you would definitely be really good at it. Um, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and that that is definitely that's something I want to do like a whole podcast on uh, with this series is being prepared for like after the race um, yeah it is like as tough as it is physically it's even worse like emotionally and like mentally like i i mean like you get post-race blues like you've never seen before <laughs> yeah so. that high i imagine that's that's hard so yeah. okay when you did your first world's toughest like you how much obviously you've done some training before how much racing had you done before that um I, that was my first real year of racing was 2018. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and that was like a kind of out of body experience, which is why it probably took me so hard, so long to recover. Um, but the longest race I had done was like the eight hour toughest race, okay. um, yeah. toughest South in Texas. Yeah. And I did not do well on it. And it was that race that motivated me to like actually train harder. Cause I was like, if I, have, if I want to survive 24 hours, I have to be in actually like really good running shape. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the race that really motivated me. So I trained like really hard for five months, like wow. five hours of training. It, it was crazy the amount of training I was doing. Um, cause I was new and I didn't know, I didn't know. I just thought more totally. was better. Yeah. Um, Normally it is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely gotten more focus in how I train and realizing that you can't train that, that aggressively for that long. Cause you do risk injury and things like that. Five months is a long build. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's impressive yeah. that you didn't fall And apart. I was like training really, really hard for five months where now it's like, I'm starting to build now, but then I'm really going to hit it hard in August. And so that's kind of like my plan is doing like two to three months of like a crazy training cycle to get ready for it. Cause five months is way too much. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it, it, obviously I had good results, so it was worth it, but, um, I don't think my body could sustain that. Some people can, I can't. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you like, you had no idea that was going to take you that long to recover after like, what was your, like, yeah. did you think about that at all? Or was your focus totally on the race like beforehand? No, I mean, I was just so focused. I was like, well, the recovery, whatever, like whatever the, the race is the goal. Right. I yeah. Never. Cause that was my, like I said, my first year of racing. So I was not ready for that. And especially like that race, I, you know, cause I have how it all went down. I had to deal with like the emotional part of that too. Which it was a good result, but it was also, you know, there was like some stuff with it too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like a, it was worth it though, but I was not prepared for the three month recovery. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's almost, you need like a recovery plan, not like a training plan, but yes. like, you know, you need like these other activities and like, I think almost, yeah, acceptance beforehand because after, um, it was 20, was it 2018, the last year they had the toughest races. I went down to Boston and uh, I won the Boston toughest race yeah. and uh, came back and I felt great for a few days. And I was like, Oh, good. I'll be able to get back to training in like a week or two. Like I, I did give myself a recovery plan, but uh, anyways, my nervous system just totally went on me. And mm -hmm. like the race was in June and even in August, like I wasn't able to do any intensity. 
And uh, it was just like this frustration, like compounded with this like general fatigue and like inability to actually run. And it just like all together, like if you don't know what's coming is just so, so hard to deal with for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. You said that so eloquently. That is exactly true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's something like down the line, like I said, I want to do like a whole thing on talking about that. So maybe you and I could talk just specifically about that down the line. Um, because that is something that if you're new to the sport or new to the style of racing that you really have to be ready for. And like you said, a good recovery plan is important, a good, and like giving yourself grace too. Totally. Is yeah. Huge. yeah. Yeah. So what are your goals this year then? What are your race goals this year? If like in perfect, no COVID rule, no COVID world, mm-hmm. if you could kind of build the year now, starting now, what would it kind of look like? Yeah. So I think. For me, I'm hoping to, like I said before, do the Utah Spartan race. Uh, it's, I don't, I don't want to give any excuses already, but I really don't do well at altitude. And so it's, it's sort of a, like, same with Tahoe. It's sort of a, it's a frustrating race to train for because I know I'm in good mountain running shape, uh, but the altitude always sort of zaps me. So I'm um, hoping to do Utah either way, uh, just to, even if it's just a rust buster, just to get out and do something and, you know, say hey to everyone. It'd be fun. Uh, then I'll probably, if I can make it back up to Canada without having to quarantine, uh, a buddy of mine actually reserved um, this cabin in like a glacier field in Alberta up at like 2,300 meters. And we're going to do like a two week training stint up there, just like crazy mileage. And like, it'd be pretty cool. I'm honestly probably more excited about that training than like, know, the race like, itself. Your, fa- like, your face <laughs> lit up with that. I wish people could see it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, and then, um, I guess probably the next race would be the Canadian Spartan in September in Red Deer. I'm going to do the Canadian series for sure. Um, and that's just a two, two race series. We'll have to see if, uh, you guys from the States can even come up for it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like a bittersweet about it. Like I'm, I'm hoping you can, but at the same time, less competition makes it a bit I feel like so. that's like the thing when you're competing. It's like you want to compete against the best, but you're also like, but like winning, I guess it's kind of cool too, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I know. Like I, I definitely do want to compete against the best for sure. Uh, and then I might do, so uh, have you heard about the North American Golden Trail Series? Which is yeah. like, so uh, Whistler actually has, is hosting one of those this year at the end of September. It's a 50K with like just crazy elevation. Um, okay. Like in 50K, we're like well over 10,000 feet. So uh, hoping maybe to do that, see where my training is. It's kind of hard to do these longer, like eight hour races and at the same time be training in the gym and doing like obstacle specific training. Yeah. And so I'm gonna just have to see where my body is at that time. Yeah. Uh, and then probably in October, I might do Squamish 50, which is a 50 okay. mile, but that is the week before the Ontario Beast, which is the second in the Canadian series. So okay. decisions will have to be made later in the season, but I'm going to leave that open for the moment. So and the Squamish is a 50K? That's a 50 mile. 50 mile. Yeah, okay, 50 mile. Okay. Yeah, so whenever I talk to Canadian people, you always use the kilometers, so I always have to... Totally, like, yeah. <laughs> I get confused, because <laughs> I was like... There's a difference between those two. So 50 miles is... There's a big a, difference. That's a longer race. That's... Yes. 
Yeah, it's very yeah. much much longer. It's it's probably yeah. comparable to the time for my FKT, uh, which okay. I did last month. Um, so I've yeah, I've kind of like it's since it's in Squamish, it's it's a big race. It's probably one of the biggest trail races in Canada, to be honest. So it's kind of been on my bucket list to to win at some point, and I'd I'd love to do it, but um, I think it's just trying to be able to do the correct training to get that in as well as like a 20k Spartan race and at the same time be able to recover from a 50 mile or the next weekend it's it'd be better if they were switched like if the 50 mile was after oh I feel like it would be way better easier yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah we, it's hard uh, those back-to-back race weekends because like with the recovery um, I know. Honestly, you don't wanna go too hard at one race, but then you don't want to do a race and not go all out. I don't know how you race, but when I race, I like to do. I put it all out there when I race. And it's sure. hard to like not to yeah. like taper that back. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I used to have a coach, um, and he like uh, put uh, put like training races in, so I'd go to like a race and was supposed to just do it as a training run. Never worked. <laughs> it's yeah. way you get way too excited. It's impossible. I don't know how people control themselves like that. Uh, <laughs> I do training races, but I like know I'm gonna go. Like it's, I'm not gonna go like easy. Like I'll still go hard enough, right? For it to feel good, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I guess Squamish 50, and then that beast, and uh, I mean beyond that, right now I'm not really looking at. Like that's probably yeah. where I'll take a break, and then okay. maybe build up for something. I like I don't even know what's after that i guess spartan worlds in abu dhabi but uh I, or yeah maybe even world's toughest or, yes <laughs> yes i was gonna say well you do world's toughest it's in november it's in las vegas it's gonna be awesome uh, there's be a fun. lot of people going out and doing it yeah all right peer pressure might work on me well we'll talk <laughs> later <kidding>. we just <laughs> talked about how like it's maybe you don't have to do it this year but yeah hey you know that race is gonna happen totally. so vegas is opening up yeah, so Vegas has opened up basically. So, so for you, are you are you in like world toughest mode right now? Then, or are you training for anything else? Um, I'd say I'm starting my build for world's toughest now. Uh, my schedule's been kind of tough to schedule races around. I work night shift. I'm a night nurse, and we've been pretty short staffed. And it, I've been working like every weekend, so it's really hard to like race when you're working on the weekend. <laughs> so, is your sleep um, schedule like completely screwed up? Oh yeah. It's awful. Oh, yeah. Man. I'm like a year in and I don't know how much longer I can do night shift to be honest, because it is so hard to train and to like function in the world with night shift. Um, not complaining, but I am complaining. It, it is tough to yeah, yeah, do all that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I am starting my build for world's toughest. And then, and so I was actually just talking with Rich about it. Like the next two months, just going to kind of throw in some longer sessions, longer stuff like that. And then in August is when I'm really going to, um, do like my longer training sessions, double, triple days, which is what I was doing when I gotcha. did my build up two years ago and it was really successful for me. So that's what I'm going to do. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. World stuff is my race. I, I, I like every year after I do it, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it next year. And then like a couple months after, after, you know, your body recovers physiologically, mentally, all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I want to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I love that race. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's how it always goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, whenever I do those races, like even I'm sure after some like the longer races you did, um, I feel like I, something in my life changes. Like 
I've done other races, but there's nothing like those longer ones. I feel like it, it's life changing every time. Like I can tell you something I've learned about every race I've done. Hmm. Um, so it's like kind of addicting to like want that feeling. Yeah. So like what, how's my life going to change after this one? So yeah, that's totally. why I do them. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to convince you to do it. Like that's ultimately your decision, but yeah. yeah. If yeah. you decide you want to, I'd love to talk to you about it. All right. For sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was honestly really great talking with you. I could feel like I could talk to you for hours. Um, you're awesome. Congratulations with all the stuff you're doing. Um, I'm going to send like positive thoughts to Canada that things will open up or that you can at least come down to the U.S. and, you know, and then go back to Canada after and it, it'll all be good. So I'll be praying for you and everything. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, that's a dream. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Uh, thanks for organizing this series. I think uh, I'm, I'm definitely tuning in because I'm very interested in whatever everyone has to say. And yeah. So should be awesome. good. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.